war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePetro Show. You are listening to The John DePetro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. 99.9 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It is Tuesday. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is, um, well, last night I was there. If you go to the uh, Facebook page, John DePetro Show, on this Tuesday, September 20th, I was there last night. Uh, condolences go out to the uh, f- friends and family of late Mayor Susan Menard. Still not exactly sure what happened, but... I was uh, covering one event and uh, ended up hearing that they had a developing situation in Woonsocket. So still waiting for official confirmation, but um, just keep the family and friends in your, in your thoughts and prayers. And again, um, this all has to do with uh, still not exactly sure what might have happened, but um, and we'll refrain from some of the details. But last night I did want to get there. It was that significant and heard exactly what happened. It's much different. I believe we have no reason to believe that there was any foul play involved. So, but still, <clears throat> there is a loss of life. Now, where was I prior to that? I was at the William Hall Public Library. Actually, that was my library growing up in Edgewood. Could uh, walk back and forth to the library. We used to play football back there. That's where I would go. Uh, weekends, I worked on projects in there. I uh, got my first library card there. Spent a lot of time at William Hall Library. Last night, they had a guest speaker. And what really drew the big mob, and I want to commend the Cranston police, because if they did not have a strong show of force, this thing could have gone sideways very, very early. Early on, there were people that were planning on causing problems. And when they saw the big show of support from the Cranston police, that diminished any thoughts they had that they were going to cause problems. Cranston police, I just, I want to commend them. They took control of the situation. They sized it up. They uh, kept the the group of, I guess, counter-protesters. You know, the ACLU even voted in. So what this was is Nicole Salas, we've had on the program. I saw Nicole last night. She put together this forum where they had a guest speaker come in and I did interview the guy. I, I was a little surprised. I mean, the police are there to basically, for his safety, they had um, they had some problems in Boston on Sunday outside the Boston Children's Hospital. But anyhow, he's from Canada. And I, the crowd was even unaware that he was right in front and filming them. And I thought it was a, a little bit asking for trouble. But anyhow, uh, they got together. And he talks about gender gender ideology, gender with children in the schools. And so they were going to have, you know, small gathering, which it was in the auditorium, and then word got out. And let's just be very clear what this was. People wanted to cancel the event. People were upset with the library holding the event. The library said there is a First Amendment right just because we disagree. As long as they follow the laws, we can't tell them they can't be here. So as much as people... And the ACLU weighed in yesterday saying, no, the library made the right decision, that they absolutely have a right to be there. Folks, some people do not understand freedom of speech. There was members of the media that were saying they should cancel the event. And then they start coming off the whatabouts. What if this were Holocaust deniers? What if, in fact, this Well, None of those things existed. It was a group of people, Women's International, I guess it's a kind of a conservative women's group and they want to put on different forums and one of the things has to do you've heard some of this talk in the schools with how people identify and children that start saying in the schools that they instead would like to identify as a boy and so there was this big uproar last night and the counter protesters and they should not be allowed to be here and they they do not understand freedom of speech they they don't they think freedom of speech is, they decide what speech uh, that people get to listen to, what speech they get to talk. Now, I, I noticed someone on Twitter saying, 
Oh, there was, you know, they got to have the event. There was no disruption, no disruption. There was an angry mob outside. The, I believe it also uh, certainly impacted, it impacted turnout for the people that maybe wanted to go and hear about gender in the schools. And so, you know, this business that somehow that it didn't impact, it absolutely impacted the event. Uh, they wanted the event canceled. They were an angry mob out in front trying to intimidate anyone from going. That That's not a matter of, hey, you know, it's just, there was nothing wrong. It didn't, it didn't upset their, their event in, in any way. Um, where did I, um, saw where someone was trying to say, oh, you know, it didn't, it didn't impact things. They were just having people, this whole business, what if it was Holocaust, and, well, it wasn't Holocaust deniers. What if someone was, you know, having a meeting? Who's censoring? Here's uh, York's producer. The meeting wasn't disrupted. Content of the meeting was concerning to most people, so people responded. The meeting wasn't disrupted. Who's censoring? Well, when you have an angry mob out in front and trying to intimidate anyone that's going, and uh, so much that they need a huge police presence, to keep the event going, how is that not censoring? That that absolutely is censoring. You know, this group that was out front and they turned it into like a transgender pep rally and trans kids and, you know, this is rotten, these people, and this is, you know, the library should be a safe space and now the library is not a safe space. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous, the reaction. But if they had ignored this event, this speaker would have come in from Canada. He would have spoken to maybe, maybe 20 to 25 people, max, right around there. And that would have been the end of it. We, we do allow that. They weren't violent. There wasn't any type of talk of, of committing any violence. They were having a discussion with parents on gender ideology and what's going on in the schools. And, and I, I agree that we get into dangerous territory here, folks, when this whole business, gender reassignment, and the amount of children that are doing gender reassignment. You know, I was interviewing some people that were there last night, the counter-protesters, and they claim that they know of children that went through gender reassignment. They know some of the parents that have. It's just, you know, life can be complicated enough. To say that a 13-year-old girl she's decided she really wants to be a boy. That is, you are altering their bodies, altering their bodies. And the same thing, by the way, with a boy, where you are completely altering their bodies. So the question is, should a 13, 14-year-old, should they be allowed, you know, is that really the purpose of what they want to go through to do the gender reassignment for what comes down to is children that could be going through some awkward teen years, who many would argue, you know, their life hasn't really even started. You know, how many people, when they're 14 years old, really have a sense of what they want to do with their life, what the world is all about, uh, what's realistic, what's not realistic? I mean, that, I, I think these are, these are very serious choices. By the way, with very serious consequences. When they perform the surgery on a young female and start transforming her into that, of a male. This isn't something that, you know, it's not like they die they here and then a week later say, you know, on second thought, I don't like, you know, maybe I won't have orange hair or I won't have pink hair or whatever. This is, it's very dramatic surgery. And conversely, the same thing with boys. When they, you know, go in and, and perform these biological altering surgeries on children, it's, um, this is not something that went on years ago, and it's far more prevalent. And then you just wonder, they're in for a huge disappointment if they decide a few years later, you know, maybe it was just a phase, and maybe I do want to be a boy, or I do want to be a girl. Um, and, and listen, there's going to be, there always have been, there's always going to be young people that are maybe even confused for different reasons about their gender, about their preference is more like it. You know, um, there the, the girls that are sexually abused as children tend to feel more comfortable 
in the company of girls. It doesn't mean that they're naturally attracted that way. They may get older and maybe try to deal with some of it, try to contain it, put it in the past a little bit, um, and then you know go on to live a very productive life. But you, you can't, there's a big difference of someone's going through a tough time what, for whatever reason, and then they go into the whole gender reassignment. And, and you know, there are some young people that, that do experiment. They, they experiment with boys, let's say they're a boy and they experiment with girls and, and both but to and maybe they find that they are experimenting maybe it's a boy that realizes he is more attracted and wants to be in a same-sex relationship or the same thing for a girl so there's just it doesn't happen to everyone but there's definitely some element of it and then they they you know recognize that and then they decide what's the best thing for them but when they start getting into gender reassignment and surgeries are being performed on children. So the crowd that came out last night, all this talk about hate talk, and they shouldn't even be here, and the library shouldn't be hosting them, that's what they were saying. And I was asking some of the people that were there, so are you saying the event should be canceled? And they'd say, no, 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 I'm not saying the event should be canceled. But ultimately, they were saying that they think the event should be canceled. They didn't want to come right out and say that, but that is basically what they thought and felt, that they thought the event should be canceled. So... Also, I interviewed Ashley Kalis yesterday. Um, I'm going to play some of that audio. She is the Republican candidate for governor. She, um, you know, now it's the focus on the two of them. She is a much different candidate than Governor McKee with much, you know, very different beliefs. So I think it's helpful and in, um, and it's an important element for, for citizens, for voters, to, to be able to get a sense of the different styles. You know, Governor McKee wants to give these huge raises to members of his cabinet, 43%. And then also in the news, how about the fact that Newport is getting ready in case some illegals uh, ship to Newport instead of Martha's Vineyard. All right, that and a lot more. It's John DePietro right here on the John DePietro Show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, Petro.com. Time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me right now, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off our uh, discussion and just talk about a little bit of the dynamic of McKee and folks. Um, boy, that was quite a week. On Tuesday, it was just a week ago on primary day, Helena Bonanno, folks, she won. She beat Dan McKee at the polls. Her day of commercial was as scathing as we've seen so thus far in the campaigns. And then last Tuesday night, primary night, um, of course, was the famous hang-up uh, when she called. And then, you know, he was uh, he was definitely seemingly scrambling, caught a lot of bad feedback. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on then, of course, at the end of the week, Apparently, they got together Thursday afternoon. Um, kind of surprising, if not disappointing, show up in an endorsement of Governor McKee. So they reached some kind of a deal, but then used the opportunity to take shots at Republican candidate Ashley Kalis. Yeah, well, he he definitely had to scramble after that performance on election night on the phone. I mean, his his character just came through crystal clear in a moment of emotion he couldn't take that she was trying to horn in on his moment and so she he offered that uh that hang up on her you know like the angry the angry ex-boyfriend uh and then doubled down on it with uh when ted nisi of wpri asked him about it and he said said she suggested she had no brain calling him yeah about to go on air and yet here we are i mean i think what she's endorsed him i think what the uh what it indicates is, look, she's a 
she's an experienced businesswoman. So it's not all that surprising that she would say, okay, I have personal feelings about this, but let me put them aside and, and achieve my goals as well as I can in these circumstances. It's kind of a, a businessy kind of thing to do. And he took full advantage of that, you know, selling her apparently a promise on abortion uh, to, to force taxpayers to pay for it. Uh, but who knows, there might be other things as well. So it, it kind of plays exactly into his sleazy way of doing politics, right? It's, it's, Buy, buy the support you need at the moment you need it. That's all. I mean, it's, it's very easy and, and straightforward. So she wanted something. He said he'd give it to her and she got it. That's it's, it's disappointing. But then immediately they turn to uh, to go after Ashley Kayla's, both of them, including folks, which goes to show, you know, the, the all the talk about women solidarity and so on is, is ends at party lines. Mm. Now, that's also that's all we know that she said. Uh, as far as we know, there could be some appointment coming, be head of some commission, right. serve on some board of some kind. I mean, it's it's an unknown, but it is certainly a pattern, uh, Justin, where, you know, I don't know if she even fully recognized the, the driver's seat she was in because she had won the way he handled it. If she had gone the whole week and just let him flap out there in the wind, he was think of all the priorities of the general, but he was adamant. And his, you know, way of operating is he gets in front of the person and says, you know, we have billions of dollars. It's a, I have a large checkbook here as governor. What, what's, what's your wish? How can we make this thing go away? It's, it's less about coming to an understanding of respect. And it seems more of just I'll just write a check or come some commitment to make this go away. What do you let's talk about the. Um, the, now, I, I did notice they had a unity dinner last night. I did not. There could have been a photo of the two of them together. I didn't see it. I know there was one picture of her and Nelly Gobea, but um, but let's what do you make of their attacks? Justin Katz, how much, if any, is it going to hurt Ashley Kalis? We can't deny she is from Illinois. She moved to Rhode Island during the pandemic. Uh, I believe bought a house last spring in Newport. They were spending quite a bit of time here, but finally bought the house. But that is going to be the two of them saying this person from Illinois. Um, I just wonder how much how much does that hurt her? Well, I mean, in the the local Democrat slash media, which is the more or less the same thing, uh, mind. She, you know, she's just the, the goal is always to nationalize because their local candidates are so terrible. They've done such a horrible job managing Rhode Island. You have to make the locals get all upset and angry about national politics and feel all tribal about being New England Democrats versus the national Republicans who are always about to become fascists uh, for the past 40, 50 years. Um, that's what the, the storyline always is. And so I think to the to the extent that I mean, the fact that she's relatively recent transplant plan to Rhode Island does not help her there. That's for sure. Uh, so I, I think it, it's going to depend a lot to the degree it they, she lets them make it about her versus the degree she makes it about McKee, which is where it ought to be. If she's the alternative, I mean, I pointed out it probably didn't hurt folks that she was the second person on the ballot on the Democrat primary. So anybody who said, I just can't stand that guy, I'm going to vote for the mm. next one in line. I Good mean, that, point. So that there is that vote out there and he just barely eked it out. That's what he always does. He buys enough votes with his transactional sleazy politics uh, that he that he can get over the finish line. She just needs to make enough people say, you know what, that guy's terrible. I'm going to go with the alternative. And if, if what a lot of people are expecting is a, a red wave nationally, a Republican wave, then that will help her. So there, there is definitely opportunity. She has to keep it on, keep the spotlight on him, though. It can't become about her. It can't become about Ron DeSantis. It can't become about some Republican in the middle of Nebraska. Uh, it has to it has to be about McKee and the terrible job that he has done and a terrible job Rhode Island insiders have done. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, it does make me, make you wonder if, um, <clears throat> I mean, let's, you know, let's call it for what it is. That's a high hill to climb. Just moved here, running for governor. It's not running for city council. It's not running for, you know, boy, I just moved here a short time ago. I love it. I'm running for rep. That's, that's a big job to commit to. I remember Ken Block, you know, he caught a lot of flack when it was like perceived as not only do I want to join the Republican team? I want to be the captain of the team. 
and then he lost to uh, Alan Fung. So I think it's I think it's an unknown. Um, I, 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 I can hear the fact there, you know, it, it is kind of ridiculous. I mean, OK, so Governor McKee is from Rhode Island and Mayor Cumberland, Lieutenant Governor like this. But is that the criteria? So you ignore all the uh, the nonsense that's taking place just because the guy's a local that he's allowed to get away with it. I want to come back to, though, and it's something you had said. You know, I think what was disappointing about Helena Folks was she certainly caught the political establishment by surprise. She had everyone's attention. Face it, she won on Election Day. He, you know, basically took the election off mail ballots. On Tuesday, she on primary day, she was running commercials, America's worst governor. And literally two days later, I am a Democrat and I endorse Governor McKee. I, I think in some ways, Justin, I, I think that undercut a lot of the effectiveness that, that she had because she folded the tent so quickly. Well, it may have. And anybody paying attention is going to recognize, you know, there's something inauthentic going on here and yeah. I, I mean and that's for for a lot of people that does matter uh, i think that could that could re- decrease enthusiasm for mckee among some democrats perhaps um because that's that's exactly you just feel like that their deals being made it has nothing to do with his character uh and a lot of even even democrats in rhode island uh, you still hear people use the old phrase i vote the person not the party well mm-hmm. you know so she's coming out and saying this guy who just treated me like garbage uh he's a Democrat and I have to vote for Dem- endorse Democrats. I always endorse Democrats. So here you go. Here's my endorsement. I mean, it does, it's kind of a, a little bit of like a faint praise kind of a, a compliment, mm. but I, I think I do think though it, on whole people don't pay a whole lot of attention as we saw, you know, in the primary, the, the large swing toward folks at the end, people tune in just before they have to figure the whole thing out. And so if, if they've got everybody on the same page, by the time the election comes around that they, they people may not remember, you know, even just a few weeks earlier, how, or a couple months earlier, rather, how, you know, how vicious McKee is and how that wasn't a very amicable uh, endorsement. No. And it was just, you know, it just came, on the heels of less than a week, less than a week had transpired from that commercial of CVS pumping drugs into a, you know, Rhode Island homes, which certainly, you know, upset her and hurt, upset the former uh, CEO of CVS. But you raise a very good point of just how much did it benefit her to be second on the ballot? That was excellent ballot placement. And, uh, and, and the fact that she did able to beat him on primary day is, is no small feat. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz, Politics This Week, week, right here on The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families specializing in ambulatory medicine diagnostic treatment service at med urgent care they provide immunization school sports physicals they're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical orthopedic and trauma work-related injuries physical exams drug testing full laboratory services and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, let's talk about the race. Well, in your mind, already, I think uh, both are being aggressive. I think Ashley Kalis, the Republican candidate for governor, I, I think still kind of an unknown. Um, but the fact that she's coming out and saying, let's have the debates before the early voting starts. Uh, you know, we had talked about it. I had mentioned that I thought McKee was putting him off. He's not particularly a good debater. He was going to be under attack. That's really what did happen. You know, he saw a lot of his campaign kind of crumble uh in those last two debates especially that channel 10 debate 
But um, how do you, what do you think she needs to do to get across the finish line here? Well, I, I think the first thing, and following on the idea of whether folks's uh, endorsement will help, there, there's a there's a Democrat privilege in Rhode Island, and the media, news media is already putting in full gear to to make everybody get on. All the Democrats get unified. I mean, that's that's going to be their goal. And so, the biggest thing Kalis has to do is break through that somehow, uh, and and get a consistent message that she's getting directly to voters, and and it, as much as she can moving through the, the news media. And it, it's going to be difficult because the bias is just so thick. They will ignore, I mean, they won't, they won't be pestering folks or, or McKee. Well, what, that, that quick endorsement was kind of, kind of strange. Don't you think that won't be a subject of debate that's under the rug. We're moving past it. Now we're going on to defeat the Republican. And that's, that's going to create some, some challenges for her. But I think uh, keeping on the, uh, she, she's just got to keep, people thinking about McKee and, and what, how well he's done and not done. I think that's the key. And she replay his moment telling them to hang up on folks. Uh, she just keep that going and, and come up with, they've, they've really got to be prepared and come up with responses to all the garbage that's going to get thrown at, at her. Like the, you know, the, the immigrant illegal immigrants on Martha's vineyard, all that kind of stuff. She's going to have to answer for every Republican in the country and, so that's an area they've, they've really got to come up with a good response. And let's talk about that, because that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. So last week, as we all know, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he flew some whatever term people most comfortable, migrants, illegals from Florida, landed on Martha's Vineyard. I mean, you know, it was like a crisis. All hell broke out. And the governor of Texas, he by bus sent some of the illegals right to Kamala Harris's home. This was after the weekend meet the press when the vice president said that the border was secure. What did you make of the fact the immediately local media jumped on the fact that I was there at that RIPAC um, forum. They were, went down the line, asked to name a Republican they admired. I remember at the time afterwards we discussed it, you said, and it was accurate, there was an audible gasp in the room when she mentioned Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. As a result of that, the local media did not hesitate to drag her in. Justin, not only to drag her in, I was taken aback at <clears throat> even the way the locals view. I mean, people you talk to around the country because of how he handled the state of Florida during the pandemic, because the fact, you know, all these people are moving to to Florida with, you know, no, no, uh, no taxes and him going after the parents should have more say in the schools. But locally, to me, the reaction was almost like you could switch out the name DeSantis and say that Ashley Kayla said that, you know, Donald Trump was her, you know, most inspiring or candidate or politician, I should say, whatever the, the phrasing of it was. How quickly, what did you think about quickly they moved to link her in with DeSantis? Well, it's it's as if, I mean, it, maybe an instruction didn't come down on high, but they've got the playbook. They know the playbook. All right, we're in a general election. It's time to find things to trip up the Republican. That's basically how the news media, media handles it and the local uh, the local Democrat establishment. And it's so th that's really how just how stark it is. It's it's like a switch. This is an issue. We're going to hit her with it. You know, we didn't I don't remember. I could have missed it, but I don't remember news media in Rhode Island pestering Dan McKee. What do you think of Biden flying uh, illegal immigrants into Quonset Airport in the middle of the night. What right. do you think about that? Is that something Rhode Island should do? I mean, that that wasn't a big deal. That wasn't human trafficking or whatever they're they're calling it. It was. It's just you know whatever. We, we'll put it under the rug. And so I think it indicates exactly you know how strong of a of a unity there is among Democrats and the news media that they will go after that. And that's why I say she needs to have a have a good response. And part of why they go after these things so hard to paint them as as one step removed from the Holocaust, uh, you know, sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, one reason they do that is because it's a very strong issue for Republicans, immigration, inflation, any one of these issues that's strong for Republicans, the news media will try to do the big lie thing where they try to make it a liability and, and completely neutralize it as an issue. So that's one of the challenges Republicans like Kayla face is she's got to manage the hysteria that they are drumming up while still maintaining a strong position on an issue that's actually really popular with with 
voters. Uh, and I think you, you point out a, a path forward for her when you, when you suggest you know, a lot of people in Rhode Island eye Florida as a place they want to move. And yeah. that suggests that an opportunity to make them remember that. Like, don't get all hyped up about the this the uh, craziness in the news media and Democrat partisans on Twitter. Don't get all hyped up about that. Remember that you yourself are thinking of moving to Florida. There's a reason for that. You shouldn't be. We should want you to stay here, and we can change the state for the better. I mean, no, she. That's the kind of I think attitude she has to bring to it, or else the news media will just keep. Every week, they will find something to throw at her, like like debris, to, to get her to stop 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 her progress. And that's that's just the way it's going to be from now until election day. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, how do you think uh, Republican Ashley Kalis? How do you think she handled the question? How do you think she handled? Uh, I think she was saying, you know, it shouldn't be political gamesmanship. Boy, I, he got a lot of attention. His fundraising went through the roof. A lot of people saw the hypocrisy that the first thing they did was remove them from the island <laughs> and ship them to Cape Cod. And that was just 43 people. You have some places in Texas and even in Florida that they're getting, you know, they get 4,300 in a week, let alone some of them right now. You look on the the news in Texas, they're all sleeping out on the street it is an open border boy there, i think there's certainly an element here of it all sounds fine as far as uh a lot of them a, a lot of the you know the blue states uh like rhode island and massachusetts they want to dictate how it how it should you know how it should be handled and they want to talk about the way like providence is a sanctuary city but boy as soon as then when they land in their yard, look at the uproar that it caused on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, definitely. I think the there there are multiple issues uh, on a table, and this, this the immigration one is is one. It's it's just so clear that it's completely partisan. It's it doesn't matter if it were Democrats doing the a reverse move on a Republican governor or a Republican area, they'd be applauding it. They'd be saying, this is how you have to do it. This is, you know, there's human travesty in the other direction. I mean, it's just, it is so transparent. And yet more and more, I'm, I'm just kind of in awe and in a disappointed way at how easy it is to manipulate the public with some of this stuff when you can whip up a frenzy and set the narrative. And I think that's, that's what it's going to, neutralizing that is important. And so, you know, reminding people, I, th I think she was a little bit, she was a little bit too soft trying to distance herself from DeSantis and then criticizing the move was, was in my view, not, not in a, her second attempt was probably not the right way to go about it. What she has to do, because they'll take whatever words they can out of context, what she has to do is make it impossible them, for them to ignore and isolate this as something, as something DeSantis did to Martha's Vineyard. You know, she should have, she should have pictures of, of the migrants who were huddled under the a bridge to stay out of the hot texas sun uh and say this is what we're facing <laughs> what do you, you know this is stop with the distractions on martha's vineyard this is what we're facing this is what we have to deal with this is what we need the president to deal with uh i think that's that's a better line is just keep putting it back to the underlying reality because it's so easy to forget it and as i was as i was saying that's why they're going after her on this because this is a a strong issue for republicans so she has to remind people why it's a strong issue for republicans and that on all the way down the line this inflation uh education, these issues, critical race theory, these are issues that are popular with voters when, when they're not for, they don't have a microphone in their face. And so uh, she needs to make it about the thing that's popular, not about a, a partisan thing, a partisan attack. Yeah, I, um, I, I think she regrets saying that the person she admired the most was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. As much as, <laughs> yeah. you know, within the Republican circles, he's definitely kind of the person of the moment. And and has been and, and kind of, you know, the person who got a lot of buzz going. But you look at a situation, I, I mean, that answer could have been Margaret Thatcher. That answer could have been Ronald Reagan. And then it's it's a non-story. I think it is one of the problems when you take someone who's still, you know, in, a, in the mix, uh, very fluid, as a matter of fact. And now, whatever DeSantis does in Florida, you're kind of linked with it. Um, and I agree with you. It is a double standard. They... McKee, he's never asked about some of the moves of Biden. I don't know if he's been asked if he should run for re-election. Maybe he was asked and I missed it. But the other part of it that, that I also think I, I didn't I wasn't crazy about her answer. 
was because I think in the state, as I've said, if you put on the ballot, should uh, whatever you want to say, migrants, illegals get a driver's license. I think in Rhode Island that loses 80-20. But there's this there's still a mindset that they think they can pull some ballots from the Latino community. Um, I, 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 I think it's a mistake. I think she could have kind of gotten even some national press maybe by doubling down and saying, I think you did the right thing and, and uh, look at the hypocrisy and we have a sanctuary city in Providence. I, I think it was kind of a missed opportunity. Her answer certainly didn't, you know, wasn't anything extraordinary that jumped out that would, you know, lead like Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity to contact her to want to get around the, on the show. It was just kind of like a gamesmanship thing, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think um, it spoke for itself. Everything I see on social media, people thought that, DeSantis, uh, that there was a big move by him to show the hypocrisy of how they reacted to it. Folks, another quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com. Justin, looking back again at the primary uh, results, again, as much as local media wants to kind of uh, point out some of the big wins, that co-op collaborative, Matt Brown, Cynthia Mendez, Justin, now that the dust has cleared, they lost 26 out of 29 races. I mean, they got absolutely walloped. My question is, what does that tell you about the progressive movement in the state? Well, I, you know, I, I'm a little bit wary of, of reading too much into that loss because I, I don't know that Matt Brown's purpose is to win races. You know, it's, it, I think I get the feeling they're more like the vanguard uh, that keeps the Democrat Party drifting left. And so, I mean, I'm, I think their individual candidates are probably going to be, you know, every time you lose, it's a little bit harder to pull up the energy to do it again. Um, so that their individual candidates might be discouraged. But I, and I think that Rhode Island's establishment is at this point so progressive, you know, it's, there's not much farther to go to the left. Uh, it's just a matter of like the unions always kept the, you know, the primary was their method of threatening the the mainstream right. politicians. I think yeah. the progressives look at it that way too. As long as they're there in the race, they're keeping the the Democrats, the establishment Democrats from drifting too far to the right. Uh, but I, but I, I think there's also some element, I mean, when you lose, you lose. And so I think that the progressive method, a message uh, is, is waning a bit. I mean, it's not like uh, the last election where they were out in force going door to door. Uh, and maybe that was the candidates just not, were not as successful this time, but you know, they, they made gains in unexpected places, but East Greenwich and such uh, last time. And so this time they, they didn't accomplish that. So it's, a, it's a, at least encouraging to see that and that there's, there, there is a limit to how far left Rhode Island has gone. And hopefully that's, that's going to continue. I think also, Justin, it makes us makes me wonder anyway of, you know, when they had the big sleep out at the state house. I just wonder if maybe their their power leverage influence is almost exaggerated uh, because of social media, because of, you know, the local media, the way they cover a Tierra Mac, the way the local media covered, you know, Matt Brown, Cynthia Mendez at the state house. This tells me that they don't have the power that they are perceived to have. I think that it was a little bit of the emperor has no clothes happened last Tuesday for all the talk, the way they're 
praised and they're thoughtful and they're making these compelling arguments. And when the voters had a chance, they, they re- there's just no way to look at it. They, they absolutely rejected the co-op collaborative and yeah. Matt Brown and Cynthia Mendez, they, they didn't get slightly beaten. I mean, they both got, <clears throat> they both got blown out. I, I just think to me, to me, this was an example of, Everyone was all going nuts about them, for instance, for instance, like sleeping out at the state house. But and then Governor McKee reacted to it. And in the media, it was a big deal. On Twitter, it was a big deal. I, I think it shows that in in the, the mind of most people that are voters in the state, it just it wasn't such a, a big deal. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I I the I guess the distinction is the question of whether whether they're actually trying to win or whether they want to just be able to get the government the governor to react and get the coverage in the media and, and on Twitter to control the control the conversation among that I don't know five percent that pays a whole lot of attention and gets involved. And I, I, if that's their goal, then then you know it doesn't they don't necessarily have to win elections. I do think though if they want to win elections, they've got to come up with a little bit more sane of an approach. I mean, you can't be running around pretending that Rhode Island mainstream Rhode Island Democrats are right wing. I mean, it's just not credible. And that, that's their talking point. It works in some enclaves. I mean, you see, apparently works for Sam Bell, sadly, and Tierra Mac. But uh, I think the the overall throughout the state, they've got to, if they've got a better message, they've got to go there. But I don't know that they do. I think it's really just a reactive, destructive message they have and to the extent the electoral results uh, reflect anything it's probably voters picking up on that i think it's also um an element that they they were actually better served to almost have the illusion that they did have a lot of support and people behind him and all this power you know there's the the story that the the squad aoc and presley and uh, talib and omar that they you know that they they were having some problems with with Nancy Pelosi and and one of their people that were dealing with Speaker Nancy Pelosi was saying that you know together they have whatever it is ten million Twitter followers da 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 and Nancy Pelosi to her credit said well in this chamber there are four votes that's it and that's what I see you know I think because because you see this business of a Mac or some of the others there you know, praise that they're going for legislation. I'm going to be twerking for health care, blah, blah, blah. And the, the media, you know, they almost paint a picture to me of like, boy, I'd hate to be, you know, Joe Saccaccio, Dominic Ruggiero having to deal with that type of a force. When in reality, again, like I said, I think it's the ultimate. The emperor has no clothes. They may make a lot of noise. They may be darlings of the local media. They may, you know, obviously have some followings on social media. But when push comes to shove they're basically just another loud voice up there who's trying to get attention yeah i mean that that's that's for sure but you know loud voices can have an effect so a lot of it's going to depend where the where the legislation goes i mean i guess it i guess it's really a question of what their target is right if their target is is winning electoral votes and and having more seats which i'm sure it is in part at least for some of them then yeah they're they're failing terribly at least this election cycle uh but if if their target is to to get progressive legislation through incrementally every year, uh, which which is, may not be the, the goal of the local people, but it, it's very likely the goal of, you know, the whoever it is behind the curtain funding all of this, uh, that that national radical movement, uh, they just want to keep, keep the pressure on pushing left. And so that's a much more subtle thing to do. And the, the media enthusiasm for these folks is, is part of that as well. I mean, that, that's a success in itself or the, you know, they, they, they are a force, you know, just that having that feeling always out there. I don't know that you get, I mean, so I look at the a conservative mo- movement in, every, in Rhode Island and whenever it started to build up speed, um, you, you got the impression that at some point the news media and the establishment realized, okay, this is not that huge movement. I went to their meeting and there were only 12 of them there or what right. have you. And so it becomes very easy for, say, Raimondo to disregard the movement and just say they, they're nobody. They don't even count. Whereas this, when you've got the news media constantly hammering oh, yeah. it and you've got radicals on campuses, even if they don't ever – actually do anything and you've got a few dozen people who will show up at a at a rally every now and then with a, a giant gavel or whatever it might be it creates the impression that there's actually something there uh, and that that impression has has some force and I, I think that 
it's it's less likely that'll dis dissipate than uh, than say a Republican or a conservative uh, push of the same size. He initially Matt Brown. I think I think he said they were going to have fifty uh, candidates, and obviously they did not. It was twenty nine. We also think Justin Katz when they came out with that. I don't think it was ever commercial. They they do something different. They release videos. They give the media the impression you're going to see them on television, and then I don't think you do. But that first commercial or that he released or video of uh, you know the amount of corruption and and we're going to take over the whole blanking statehouse. I mean that really fizzled out. I think it was best illustrated that they had that Harrison Tuttle. I think he's like 23, 24. He's never run for office before. And they had him trying to go for a state Senate seat. I mean, he clearly wasn't ready for it. He got crushed in the primary, got blown out. Um, you just wonder, I, I think when you have a group like that, you want to manage expectations. You want to get somebody into the fold. Um, someone like that, some of the younger people, they'd actually be better if they were working on a campaign to learn some of the, the ins and outs instead of nobody likes to lose. Justin, um, <laughs> How do you see right now the CD2 race? I'm still waiting for the narrative to change. Seth Magaziner, I mean, I can't believe the talking points they're already going to, which are Republicans want to take away Social Security, which is a lie, but they're putting that out there. Everything is about the Supreme Court, women's right to choose using fear tactics, um, and then trying to just bring in, because Fung wore a Trump hat, uh, in Washington, the day of President Trump was inaugurated in January of 2017, I, I don't see his talking points. Just I don't know if they're making a difference, but they're they're absolutely just starting to. That's they're just the same. They don't change. Yeah, they don't. And, and over years and decades. And it, it, when I saw the Social Security thing, I, yeah. I, I, I pay a pretty close attention to, to national and local politics. And that's not really a big issue on the table right now. And so for that to come out, it's it's really just a transparent. Let's just run our playbook and scare yeah. older folks that, that the Republicans are going to take away their checks. I mean, that's that's literally all it is, which is pretty disgusting, frankly, but I, I don't know that they know what to do. I mean, they, they, they're facing Fung. They He's he was a popular governor uh, mayor in Cranston. He's a minority, uh, so he, there's a lot of that they can't go after. His wife is in a general assembly, and although she's Republican, she's about as far left as you get. And so it's it's not you know there's not a lot of finger holds to get on him at this point. I mean he's the you, if you point out that he's going to vote for the Republicans, well you know he can turn around and say yeah I'll be one of the majority party. Isn't that a good thing? You know so I think that was. That's a uh, it, creating an, a problem for for Magaziner, but I think the playbook they ran very successfully in the primary was to say I'm the establishment Democrat, like I'm the I'm the one, I'm the uh, pull, everybody unite behind me because we need right. to be the position. anointed one. Yeah. And so that's that's all he really can do, and it's that's why you get those you know those hackneyed old they're going to take your social security, you know. I, all right, what? Where did this come from? And it, it's kind of easy to turn around about, but but what it will really show is when when they start actually engaging, when when the fun folks start actually putting out. I haven't seen them make any real plays other than you know, kind of happy. This is the candidate kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when when they actually make any moves, if they do, which they may not, if if the polls keep coming back with him in the lead, they may just try to keep the whole thing as quiet as possible. Um, right that's when that's when it'll start to be attacked and it, I, but as you mentioned it is it's interesting i i don't think i saw fung asked about uh the martha's vineyard no which is which is curious and and i don't yeah. know if, how they managed to <laughs> redirect the media oh, we we're we're on vacation sorry or, or i don't know where that came from but that's whatever they did there to avoid that it was it was, might be an interesting strategy to look into yeah, I also noticed that they're not asking Dan McKee about our immigration policy and running a sanctuary state and and driver's license and how different his policy is compared to, you know, other governors. It all just seemed focused on Kalis because in that, you know, that luncheon forum that she mentioned, that was a politician that that she admired. I'm anxious to see the the magazine or Fung race take shape because right now he is staying in mode. Uh, his ad is it's not hard hitting. The ad that features him, he's riding the bicycle, he's high fiving people. Uh, he's got the kid. 
someone said to me they thought it was hokey and then i was speaking with some people and they're like you know i kind of like it because it's hokey it's different um i i think what really serves uh former chris mayor alan fung justin katz is just let's face it he's running against ramundo twice he's been vetted um he's even a different candidate now he wasn't married in in 2014 he's married uh you know the wife they're all in but he, you know the big thing that he, big knock that used to be against him against him was in 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 the running for governor was the Cranston police scandal but there's been enough time there's nothing new about it um it's been out there so they you're exactly right they go for the national scare politics of you know they're going to take away a woman's right to choose which is certainly not the case just the opposite actually and then the Social Security. I mean, that was David Cicilline did that in his first race when he felt threatened. That is something, Justin, it's like they go to the closet and they drag it out when they uh, if they if they're running short at something. It is the ultimate. It's it's a lie. It is a scare tactic. And they, you know, repeatedly use that. So um, I'm anxious to see how that uh, and, and Alan Fung, let's face it, he's had experience on a debate stage with both uh, Gina Raimondo and then he was caught like in the crossfire when he had when he he had uh, joe trillo on the stage with him last time uh, you know i i think he's you know he's an attorney he's more confident i i think he's he's going to handle himself pretty well so we'll see how that race goes folks again our segment is politics this week it's justin katz managing editor anchorising.com justin great job as always and we'll talk to you again thanks john gonna be an interesting couple months Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com